Bible this morning to the book of Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. I mean, brought their Bible with. You know, even if you don't have a hard copy, most people have a digital copy. So, um, you know, the Word of God is precious. Matthew 24. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your people today. Thank you for your Word. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I thank you that you speak through me. Lord, that, that my tongue will be as the pen of a ready writer. Lord, that we would speak forth the word with boldness. Lord, and that we would speak as we ought to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Say this, I'm getting good things from the word today. Matthew 24 and verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. You know, people have, have, have said, there's been many people, you know, the Lord's coming back in 88 reasons why he's coming back in 88. You know, there's been all these different things that people have said that the coming of the Lord, but no one knows that day or hour. But as the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So what does that mean? Things are going to go on just like they normally do. And that, in fact, that's why we see the Bible talks about him coming back as a thief in the night. Why? Because who prepares for the thief? If there's a thief coming, then you're going to prepare. You're going to know before the thief comes in to, to keep from things being stolen. So it says, then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. You know, the Bible says, watch and pray. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. I mean, I think there's a lot of people... You know, they would, if they knew, okay, there's, hey, so-and-so, there's a robber coming to your house in about 36 minutes. You know, they'd have like two bazookas, you know, just everything just ready. And, uh, but see, there'd be no, no chance they would even try to come in. But see, it says, if that were the case, they would have known, they would not have suffered their house to be broken up. Therefore, be you also ready. Everyone say ready. ready. For in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? I want you to say this. Say, I am that wise servant. Even if you don't feel wise, you know, I don't feel wise. Well, just 
Call those things that be not as though they were. <laughs> and so, notice verse 46. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. What does that mean? Jesus says, occupy till I come. What does that mean? That means that, that we're supposed to be involved. I like what Miss Gail said uh, last night about a monk. I mean, you know, the monk is not really influencing anybody. Why? Because he's off by himself. You know, God, there is a time where we get away, but it's always uh, uh, God's intention that we affect other people and that we be an influence on other people. So, you know, me just, you know, locking myself away for months and months, that's not going to help anybody else. So what does the Lord say? Occupy, be busy about my things until I come again. <clears throat> Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming. So notice the Bible contrasts and calls this one an evil servant. Verse 45 says, a, a faithful and wise servant. So what does this evil servant? He begins to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of. And see, that's one of the problems. He's not looking for him. So what does he do? He gets involved with the things of the world. He gets involved with the thing and is totally unaware that my Lord is coming back. And so he's not looking for him in an hour he's not aware of and shall cut him asunder and appoint his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So one thing as believers, we should be looking for him to be ready. To be ready, the Bible says, to give an account. To be a faithful and a wise servant. And one thing that we're, we're going to see is we should have plenty of oil. The Bible says that oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. All throughout the Bible, oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. And I could have named this any different number of different things, but how much oil do you have? How much oil do you have is the title of my sermon. How much oil do you have? Do you have enough to make it through the daily? Get, see, one thing, we need God's presence daily. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. We need the, the daily word of God. We also need the presence of the Lord. We don't need the, the lamp of, of God to go out and not know it. Because that's what happened. The lamp goes out and people, it's like Samson. How many remember Samson? You know, he kept doing what he, he thought he was okay. And he kept, you know, fooling around. And then the Bible says that he wished not that the Spirit of God had left him. He thought, hey, I'm going to do the same thing that I've always done. And then there was no anointing to do it. But thank God his hair did grow back. And he did, you know, in his death, you know, he grabbed a hold of those I mean, think about, you know, Samson, there's nothing that says that he looked like Lou Ferrigno or anything like that. You know, he just, maybe a normal guy, and he, um, 
But can you imagine? The Bible says that, you know, he took that jawbone of a donkey and, and slew a thousand people. I mean, I'd be taken off running the other direction, you know, if I wasn't right with God. The Bible says he, he grabbed the city gates and put them on his shoulder and went uphill with them. I mean, that's time to, that's time to, that, you know, it's, it's time to be making some repentance type prayers right now, you know. Somebody coming after you like that, but thank God that in, the, in his death, you know, he did repent and say, Lord, you know, let me. And so he grabbed a hold of those pillars and just shook the whole thing and, and all those people died and he got revenge on his enemies. Amen. But we don't want to go through all that. You know, he could have just, you know, stayed true to the Lord. But how much oil do you have? His presence makes everything in our life run smoothly. And so oil is symbolic of the anointing. Over in the book of Psalms, Psalm 133. It's a very short psalm, but I want you to listen. You know, and, and, you know, church is an interactive service, so don't, you know, you're not here listening in lecture form today. This is a participation, so uh, hallelujah. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. How many would say it's how good and how pleasant for, for people, for brothers, sisters, to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirt of his garment. As the dew of Hermon, as, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Where did God command the blessing? He actually commanded the blessing upon unity. But look at verse 2. He talks about the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. As Aaron was consecrated to the office that he stood in, the anointing. Now, you know, a lot of times in different churches now, if you even see anointing oil, you know, it's just in a little bit and people just take a little bit. You know, they, some people might take a cross and put it on their head. They might put a little dab on you. But... But here, it was not like that. You take this big flask, you take this whole thing, and you just, goom, like this. And so, you know, it's getting, it's getting all over you. It's going to get over you, down your head. And that's why I said it went down his beard and, and down to the, the bottom of his garments. You know, I heard the, somebody talking about going in the hospital, you know, and they just wanted somebody to anoint them with oil. And right there on the hospital bed, just like doused them, just like, you know. But see, they, and they got up healed. And it's not that that heals them, you know, the oil itself, but it's a type of representation of the Holy Spirit. You know, when the Bible talks in James 5, any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, you know, if he, um, and let them anoint them in oil. And they, you know, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. They commit any sins, they shall be forgiven them. And so, what saves the sick? Not the oil, but the prayer of faith. It's believing. But what is that, that oil? It's the type of the Holy Spirit coming down on people. 
So that's what the, we need in our life. We need a fresh anointing. We need a fresh touch from God. Amen. Amen. It's not good enough that I had a touch uh, back in 1944. It's not a good enough touch. And, of course, I wasn't born until 74. So, <laughs> so you know, well, way back in, um, in 91, I had a touch. Well, back in 2000, you know, I don't care if I was touched last week. I need a fresh touch today. Amen. Amen. A fresh anointing. You know, that's what the psalmist said in, in, in um, Psalm 92.10. He said, the, um, talking about, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil. Not, not, not the rancid stuff. You know, I heard one guy was talking about, he went to go pray for somebody, and they took the, the oil, the, the top off, and it was like rancid. It was like, whoa. And, um, you know, you don't have to get some real special oil. They went down and got some three-in-one oil. I mean, remember, three-in-one oil. And uh, that's not the best smell of stuff either. <laughs> and uh, anyway, and just, you know, put it all on the person's head. But it's a type of the Holy Spirit, and that's what we need is to be filled. Hallelujah. And so our level of his presence shouldn't be low but full and running over. So I want you to look at, I want to keep reading, look at chapter 25 of Matthew. And I believe this is symbolic of where we are today. <clears throat> then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. So the Bible says that this is liked, likened unto the kingdom of God. What would we say? We would say the church. We would say the body of Christ. Because, you know, sometimes people read this and say, well, you know, it says five were wise, five were foolish. That means they were in the world. But the Bible says that they were virgins. What does that mean? We think, you know, virgin, pure, you know, that's what is likened to the church. So five were, but it says here that they were all virgins. So they were all part of the church. We'll use it in that analogy. But five were wise and five were foolish. So why were they foolish? What made them foolish in this, in this context here? It says because they took no oil with them. They took no oil with them. <clears throat> and so it says, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So what does that mean? They, they had enough to, just, to last more than just an hour or so. So they were prepared to stay. They were prepared for the long haul, and they took the extra, extra vessels with their lamps. Not just a little dabble, do you? While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. So there's a period of time that we see between... Um, the call and, and, you know, be ready. And when actually the bridegroom shows up. 
And at midnight, say midnight, there was a cry made. You know, I've always thought about, and I've just said this, I have no scripture for it, so, you know, you can't throw a rock at me. You don't have scripture against it, so. But I've always said that the Lord's going to come back on Sunday. You know, because we're going to be worshiping him, but, you know, for us, if it's, if it's in Australia Sunday morning, that's about five or six at night on Saturday night. So, you know, it's going to be, I've just always said that. You know, the Lord's going to say, hey, why aren't you in church today? And uh, you have to get that settled on the way up. But, you know, who knows? He could come at midnight, too. There's a midnight cry. So the midnight cry was made, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. So what's it time to do now when the call is made? Is it time to, to, to think about oil? Is it time to think about, you know what? Well, I, sure, I need to make sure and got, I've got plenty. So the call is made. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, hey, give me some of that oil that you have. For our lamps are gone out. Or the margin says going out. What does that mean? It's kind of like I grilled yesterday. And I, I told my wife, I said, well, I think it, it's about time to get a new thing. Because when it only gets to a certain temperature and it doesn't get any higher. I know we had some wind yesterday, but you can tell. Uh, um, it's on the last leg. You know, I, I might have one more half, half a grilling out of this. And uh, mine doesn't have like a you know, a gauge on there. So they're, they're saying, hey, they're going out. Give us some of yours. But the wise answer saying, not so. Lest there be not enough for us and you, but go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. I mean, this was like a 24-7 oil shop or something. You go, go out and get it and buy for yourself because it said it was midnight. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Now, when you read a parable, a parable is different from an allegory because a parable is only like one central truth. And this is the one central truth even though we're, we're breaking this down in, in different parts. But the one truth is this. They that are ready went in. They that are, were ready went in. And so we see the call that was made. And so they that were ready is in connection with what? Preparation. It's in connection with having enough oil. In verse 11 says, afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. So notice it says afterward. That's a period of time that had expired. Came the other church members. The other members came up and said, you know what? Boy, you know, we, we, we missed those revival meetings, but I need some oil tonight today. And you know what? There is some oil for you. But there's coming the day when, when for some people it's going to be too late. 
And so that's why, that's why um, church is so important. That's why the meetings are so important, to be filled up, to be, to be overflowing. Why? Because we don't want to be um, left um, in a situation where we're deficient in any shape, form, or fashion. So here comes the other church members, you know. Hey, you know, that river church, you know, they, they're crazy down there, but, but we, we need some oil to and so we're going to go over there and get some oil. Why don't you look at verse 12? But he answered and said, Verily I say to you, I know you not. You know, Matthew 7, 23 says this, I never knew you. We talked about that last night. I never knew you. I never had an intimate fellowship with you. I never, uh, you know, you were the first one in and the, I mean, the last one in and the first one to go. You know, we shouldn't be to see how, how, how little we can do in the kingdom of God. And so, Jesus says, He answered and said, truly I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So why do we have to watch? Like we said, the Bible says watch and pray. Because we don't know. That's why wise people... We're always going to be involved in the things of, the, of what God wants for your life. The things of the Spirit, the things of the Word. Why? You neither know the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So, you know, here's what happened. The foolish didn't think it was important to have extra vessels of oil. They weren't even prepared to stay a long time. And so what, what's the admonition for us? To be ready to have plenty of oil for the journey. Amen. You know, oil is a good thing. Think, of, think about it in the life of your vehicle. What does it help? It helps you from seizing up. There's a lot of believers that have seized up. They're overheating. <laughs> They're overheating. They're, you know, there's been some um, combustible breakdown. There's been, there's, there's things that's... Uh, Trying to think of all the words right now for that. But, you know, the, the engine's knocking, you know. You know, people, you try to get them just a, like a, to, to be involved, and it's like they, they knock back, and they say, you know, it's just, just a, like a fight. But see, the oil of the Holy Spirit, there's, there's a, a soothing. <clears throat> Woke a few of you up anyway. 
You know, I should, I should really plan that with the sound team, you know. Okay, at a certain point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point, and then I want to have a static. <coughs> See, that's what you don't want. You don't want, I mean, that's a good um, illustration right there, because you don't want the pastor to say something to you, and then you go, <coughs> you know, I'm not going to do that. You know, but the oil, oil just like smooths it out. I mean, you've heard my story, but I'll say it again. <clears throat> I had a, um, I had two cars, two Toyota Camrys that lasted a long time. I got one in Bible school, and um, I got that car used at sixty-six thousand miles, drove it to about two hundred and. 8,000. Second one I had, I had 39,000 miles on it, and then I drove it, or 36, and I drove it to 234,000. At least with that one, though, it sounded awful, but at least someone drove like two or 300 miles and gave me $400, and I thought it was off my driveway, and so I was excited. But the first one I had, it wasn't so pretty. So anyway, um, both of those cars leaked oil and, and 150,000 miles or so. And so, you know, my dad and I were talking about, well, maybe we can replace some seals and stuff like that. Of course, however, at that age, you know, I had no money. So, and, um, <laughs> you know, I, I ended up, um, you know, I was making 200 something dollars a week and, and had an apartment and car payment and all that. And so, uh, anyway, I remember in this car, um, actually in this car, I didn't have a car payment, but I still didn't have money. But um, <laughs> I'm going down the road, and um, I would always try to keep some oil with me, you know, like in the trunk or whatever. And somehow or another, I, I did not pay attention to it like it should have. And I was going on this little road, and... Uh, Anyway, I passed this guy going around a corner. Well, it wasn't a corner. It was a flat stretch. And, you know, I probably passed him going 70 or something like that. And just Anyway, just as soon as I passed him, I got up there. I felt some odd motion with the car. And then it felt like it was in neutral. I could press the accelerator and it just did nothing. And so... I cruised to a safe place on the side of the road. Meanwhile, the guy that I just passed, he goes by me and keeps going. The car seized up. That was the end of that car. And um, thankfully, I did have some guy that was in the church that helped me at least. It's the first time I'd ever, he said, have you ever um, had someone tow you? I said, no. He said, well, just stay kind of close enough and where, you know, it you can follow behind, pulled me with a rope. And we pulled it to some place, and it sat for a couple weeks. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get it moved. And finally ended up giving it to, it, we parked it at someone else's place. And then a few weeks later, I see it. It's like, hey, that was my old car, you know. <laughs> and uh, someone probably spent five or $600, and it was a new car for them, you know. But <laughs> because I let, the oil get too low, 
it seized up. It no longer was uh, something I could use in life. Well, see, well, that's what the enemy wants to do. Tests and trials are like friction. It's like heat. It's like things that come against you to rub you the wrong way. And see, what happens is if you don't have that oil, you know, you'll, you can even be in church. And you can be like, you know, next to somebody and you can be lifting your hands and, Lord, I praise you and stop bothering me. You know, you know Lord, you're just so wonderful. And you, you look at somebody real mean and, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you uh, I uh, heard a man of God say this many years ago. He was, he was preaching. He was preaching about um, giving and stewardship, just like we do. And anyway, this lady, it was actually the pastor's wife. Not in this church. But this, this, this lady, uh, she just has some things going on in her heart. How I many know we can have heart problems? And so she, during the offering, she got mad, stormed out the back, went to the back, and gave him the bird. <laughs> the California wave. But, but she gave 800 bucks in the offering, so obviously she loved the Lord, but something was going on. You know, some of the oil, <laughs> the oil level has, <clears throat> thankfully, I've never seen that in the church yet, so uh, we're doing good there. You know, I mean, some, some of the old, some of the old timers, you know, like, especially the missionaries, I mean, there would be people, you, you read about this in church history. That missionaries, they'd be preaching. And all of a sudden, in the service, there would be a full moon. And I'm not talking in the sky. I'm talking about people. Do I have to explain any further? Well, thankfully, we've never had that happen. I mean, we've had some strange things happen before. That's when, we, when we, we, have, we depend on our security team to real quickly take care of the situation. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, if you have the oil of the Holy Spirit, things just go so much better. And so in these end times, we have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to be full and running over. I said we have to be full and running over. Amen. How do you know that you're full? How do you know if you're full of something? How do you know that you're full if someone's full of wine? Have you ever been around somebody? Maybe you yourself. And, and um, you know, you drink a little bit, but just because you drink a little bit doesn't mean you get drunk. What does it take? It takes more and more. And all of a sudden, then you just, you're bubbling and running over. There's a reason why they call it spirits. Amen, because it's the wrong spirit that gets a hold of people. Well, how about that's just an a imitation for what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Ephesians 5, 18 says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled. But be filled. There's actually a play on words in the Greek language that denotes continuous action. But be being filled. Be being filled. What are you doing today? I'm be being filled. Pastor um, 
I'm be being filled today. Say, Doran, what's going on? I'm be being filled. It may not sound like good English, but it was actually written in Greek, so it doesn't matter. Be being filled. Be being filled. Well, you know, I got filled last week. Well, be being filled today. Well, you know, I got filled last year. Be being filled. You know, there's a lot of people that they, they were filled at one time, but they haven't continued to be filled. There's one initial infilling of the Holy Spirit, but many refillings. Many refillings. I tell the story sometimes humorously, but it's like the, the one guy, you know, he said, well, did you hear about brother so-and-so? You know, brother so-and-so, he, he ran off, he, he, he stole the offering, ran off and uh, took the church secretary and had an affair, and, and, and he's... He's a spirit-filled individual. Not that day he wasn't. And probably not many, many days before that. Why? Because when you, when you get filled and overflowing, the fruit of the Spirit is going to come out of you. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that's exciting news to me. Why? Because I can't, just in the natural, how many people have tried to quit habits, they've tried to control their flesh, through the flesh, through willpower. But, you know, when you let the Holy Spirit come upon you, then what happens is you have that power, you have that strength, and you have that grace and that ability to say, no, I'm not going to have that. And, and, and let the Lord touch you and set you free. Hallelujah. And that comes by be being filled. Hallelujah. You know, we said this a couple of uh, nights ago, that... It's safe to say that there is no joy without outward expression. Well, you know, I just have the joy in my heart, but I just don't show it. Well, if you're full of something, it's going to come out. You know, what if I asked you and said, you know, go to the gas station, and is there any way you can tell when your car is full, but you, there's one rule, you can't look at the the inside, look at the gauge. Is there any other way to find out? Well, what do you do? Just put the nozzle in there, pump, pump, just let it go, let it go. And what happens? It's going to kick out when it's full. I saw, I saw a girl one time, we were at a, I still remember this. Oh, man, that was, I guess because it was just such a shocking thing. <laughs> we were in Tuscaloosa. And uh, this had to be between 85 and 90, somewhere in that time, 30 years ago plus. And this girl was a college student, looked like she was getting gas. And it just went like this. Not a flame, but it just like somebody just doused her. You took like a five-gallon bucket. And I thought, oh, my word. <laughs> but you knew that the car was full, right? And so, you know, thankfully that, that when you fill it up, it usually clicks and you know. But um, there's a way to know. Well, how do you know that you're full of the Holy Ghost? How do you know that you're full of the things of God, that you're full of the presence of the Lord? It's going to bubble out. It's going to bubble. I mean, some people, <clears throat> you know, it's just like, and I know this from, from the Word of God and from experience. When that anointing comes on you, it bubbles out. It wants to have expression. 
One of the ways it has expression is joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And my cup runs over. You know, a lot of people think, they say, you know, God, don't you know that um, the cup's getting a little bit too high, Lord? You know, it's, it's just, um, you know, let's take it, take it slow here. Let's be a little conservative here. You know, but God's about overflow. Well, doesn't God know that the cup's running over and it's going down uh, to the bottom of my garment? Doesn't he know? Yes. And he wants it to overflow. He wants it to be strong. He wants it to be running over. He wants it to be running over. Hallelujah. <laughs> running over. Where? Heart. Out of my spirit. An overflow. What does he want? Right out of there. Hallelujah. And so here the the ones that were um, unwise, the Bible says they weren't ready. You know, we sing a song. Keep oil in my lamp, keep it burning. Keep oil in my lamp, I pray. Let me remember that. I'm sorry, man. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Amen. Keep oil in my lamp. Keep it burning. This little light of mine. I don't care if people say, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, we need to let the oil, we need to let the oil burn in our life. Hallelujah. So before a trial, before a problem, you need to have plenty of oil. But see, we see that. And I made mention of this last night. A lot of times people... They want to make up in a one-hour counseling session what they should have got the last six months by coming to church. Yeah. You know, and we've seen that with, with no one here, but, you know, we've seen that with people. That's why they're not here today. <laughs> make sure you tell them. <laughs> but what happens is people try to play catch-up. And I'm going to tell you, that's a bad feeling spiritually is when you try to play catch up and you're like, you can tell though in your spirit, man, I'm just lagging. I'm lagging. I mean, I know it shouldn't be like this, but I know even when, when you said that last night, sometimes when, when you're in meetings for like a week, and I hate to even say this, but sometimes the fourth and fifth service, I feel like, oh, okay, now I can really enter in because you're just so used to not living sometimes in a place of saturation. And you have to. You have to live in a place of saturation. <clears throat> and so the, the, what, what God wants us to do is be like a big sponge. Who's ever taken a sponge out of the container? And that thing's usually very hard, right? And, and you put a little water and what happens? It, it rolls off of it. But as you begin to soften it, what happens is it takes water. And the more it takes, the more it... It can take, and it gets softened. Now, what happens when you feel it like half full? You can pick it up and touch it, but when you really feel that thing, and you get it really saturated, hallelujah. Miss Sharon got saturated, fleet, but she was just, somebody thought she was asleep, but she was just inebriated in the Holy Ghost. She was shocked by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. 
And so that's what we have to do. And so what happens, that's why we have to, the Bible emphasizes this, to be filled with the word and to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's how we have a fresh anointing. How do I have a fresh anointing? Be filled with the word and be filled with the spirit. So what happens is this, whatever's on the inside is going to come out. Like one preacher said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. Whatever's going to be on the inside of you, do you know that you can find out what's in somebody? Just hang around and listen to what they say. Why? Because it, whatever is in abundance, it's going to come out. Certain people on the front row right now, the abundance, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Basketball. And this. Amen. There's a never-ending list. Dad, I need. <laughs> and so, before a trial, before a problem, we need to have plenty of oil. What God's intent is, is when you are full and problems come, what, and, and just like you touch that sponge, the, the word comes out. It bubbles over. And see, that's, that's God's intent, that it bubble over on somebody else. And, and see, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you are supposed to leak. Not, not because you're, you're not continuing to stay filled, but because you're supposed to leak out on other people. And splash over on other people. Amen. Who can you splash on today? And I don't mean rain on someone's parade. I mean splash. Amen. There's another. It's a whole other thing to rain on someone's parade. Smith Wigglesworth said this. There's a time when people need faith, but if they haven't been feeding it, it's too late. And they'll be at a disadvantage. So... I want to ask you this. Concerning the Lord's return, are you ready? Are you ready? You know, some people say almost. You ever, you ever ask, maybe you're talking to your spouse. Hey, are you ready? Almost. What's, what's almost mean? Almost is, is not ready. Almost is too close, too close to wrong. But almost, almost, if you're getting ready, then you're not ready. Now, one thing as a believer, though, we should always be in a time of preparation for the next thing. But, but we can't just be playing catch up and, you know, I'm almost ready. <clears throat> I want you to look at Ephesians um, 5. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5. I don't know, this, I could package this any different way in a hundred different ways, but this, to me, has made the biggest difference in my life. Hallelujah. Because it's so important. It's so important. You know, the reason people live under the trials and the problems is they're not full of the right thing. Ephesians 5, verse 16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
Wherefore, be not unwise, just like we don't want to be that unwise servant, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So if you want to be wise, look at verse 18. Be not drunk with wine, where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves. How do I know I'm filled with the Spirit? You're speaking to yourself. People said, oh my goodness, they're talking to themselves. Well, you know, people talk to themselves all the time, but it's usually unprofitable. But speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So what, what is this? This is a realm that, that few believers even step into. Not because it's hard, but because it's easier to be spiritually lazy. But he says, speaking, be filled with the Spirit, speaking in psalms and hymns. Now, that's not, all these things are what's given spontaneously. All of this is actually what we would call the spirit of prophecy. People say, well, I want to prophesy. Okay, starts right here. No, I want to get a mic and just prophesy in the service. It starts at home. It starts by building yourself up, by being filled and beginning, you know, we know we can prophesy the Word of God. We speak to situations. We call things that be not. I prophesy that, that this is going to be a good week. This is going to be your best week. I mean, we, we can speak the Word of the Lord. But this is an element that, that where we, this is not for anyone else. This is for us personally. And I can't go out and edify the people if I'm not edified. Smith Wigglesworth also said this. He said, um, he said, people ask me why I'm, um, you know, how do I, um, what's the secret of my success? I mean, he had 23 people raised from the dead as ministry was one thing. I mean, that's pretty good, you know, 23 more than I've had. And, um, but, you know, he would pick people up, throw them against the wall. I mean, can you imagine going to the, to the, the viewing? He says, okay, and he takes the body and throws it against the wall. I said live, and it was, I mean, most people, they would have got out before the police come get them, before the funeral director comes over there, picks them up. I said live, throws them against the wall, said, I said live in the name of Jesus, and they open their eyes. I mean, after the first time, I mean, that would have been it for some people. They would have just given up and said, you know what, I'm not called today. <laughs> But notice this, he says, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So a psalm is something that you can either recite, you can uh, speak it out, you can sing it. Um, and then, of course, the spiritual song is always song, sung, but that's something that the Spirit of God gives us for our own benefit. For our own benefit. Why? So we can be edified. So Wigglesworth said this. He said, you know, the, the secret of my success is not public etiquette. He had only heard people talking about that, pulpit etiquette. He said, well, I've heard people talking about it, so I don't even know what that is. He said, well, it's not education. I don't have any because he was a, had like a third grade education. He said, all I know is I get in, in the privacy of my own bedroom and, and spend two hours edifying myself, and then I go out and edify the people. Amen. 
And so that's, that's what it's about. It's about you edifying yourself, building yourself up, then you can go out and edify the people. Amen. And that's why, you know, you, you need that inspiration, but we need that expiration. If you just take in all the time, what would happen? You'd blow up. What if you never exhaled? So that's why we need to exhale on other people. What does that mean? <laughs> that means we need to give out. How many know if you exhale on somebody, you check your breath, right? So that means like check what you're preaching. Check what's on the inside. Amen. I mean, don't. You know, a lot of people go crazy with, with social distancing, but there still is a little space, you know, just common courtesy space. How many know that? We had a friend, my wife probably knows what I'm saying. He, he'd be like really loud and he'd be like this close. It's like, it's like, you don't need to be so close. But that's just the way he was. Amen. Hallelujah. But he says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So that's, that's how you get filled. Well, brother, I, I, I'm not a singer. Everybody can sing. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Singing, making melody. So, well, I'm not a singer. You know, I, I can't. Everybody can sing. Just not everyone should make a, a recording. Not everyone should, should make an album. But everyone can sing. Singing, making melody, heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. How do we submit ourselves one to another? You know, we should not have just a, we shouldn't be just hard-nosed all the time. And, you know, it's my way or the highway, you know. And it's, you know. No, we should be submissive. Be, have a, a get-along attitude with others. How does that come? By being filled, by having the oil. And let, let me say this. You need to monitor, um, not, not to judge people, but, you know, this works real good, you know, maybe for, uh, you know, writing your own family, but just even good friends. You need to say, hey, bro, uh, your oil level is a little bit down. You're a little cr cranky today, a little cantankerous. A little bit of, uh, you know, you know what I mean. Tell people, you know, say, hey, you know, you need a little bit, a little extra um, bubbling over there, a little bit extra joy. Amen. That's why our pastor used to say that he would go in and pray and lay hands on everything till you know that moved. He said, and even the things that didn't move, I'd lay hands on it till it did move. You know, <laughs> why? Because there needs to be life. There needs to be something. That comes out. Amen. And this is only a work of the Holy Spirit. That's why we, we, we emphasize the third person of the Godhead. Amen. And so, <clears throat> I want you to notice in this story, at the end, what happens? They say, Lord, Lord, open to us. Same thing happened with Noah, remember? They didn't want to hear Noah's preaching. But all of a sudden, there came a time when the, the waters came. And what happened? Noah, open up. Noah, I'm sorry, you know. 
I'm sorry I didn't believe. It was too late. The, the door was shut. It was sealed shut. I mean, think about it. He was called a preacher of righteousness. Think about all that time that you preached, and the only thing you had was your family, eight of you, and the animals. I mean, you're, think, you're thinking to yourself, wow, what a congregation we have here. But see, that, he was called a preacher of righteousness. Even in the midst of that, he proclaimed what God said. But they said, Lord, Lord, open to us. So if you're ready, you're going to walk in. So check your oil today. Be your own inspector. Look in the mirror of the word and say, Lord, I need to come up higher today. I mean, I know. I know that, that, that people are here today, and I know myself. I need, I need to keep moving up higher. Like I heard, I want to move up higher. I want to live, like I heard one minister say one time, or someone was talking about this other minister, and they said, yeah, he lives about one drink away from drunk. Talking about this minister. How many know? There's, I mean, there's people in the natural. They, they live about two sips away, and then they just step over. Why? Because they're, they're already at this, this high water mark. Well, that's the way it should be with us, in the spirit. You know, that's what happens. You know, people think, well, and there's no condemnation. I mean, hey, we we all were, were were in sin. The Bible says, you know, before we came to Jesus, all kinds of. So it's not important what we did or or who we were. We were ungodly. Now we're godly. <laughs> but um, you know, in the world, people drink and they stay out. We come to church, and people act like, well, we we have no recourse. We just have to be stale and dry. You know, and we're just serving this hard, serving the Lord. And it's just, it's just a, such a trial and such a, such a hard time. And, and uh, you know, it's just, things are hard, you know. But he says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. So it shouldn't be hard. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. What's hard is living one foot in and one foot out. What's hard is, is living in compromise. So check your oil and check your neighbor. Say, hey, you're grumpy today. You're low. Amen. And see, that oil is going to keep you from being seized up. And what's going to happen is there's going to be enough for you, and it's going to be enough for others. And what's going to happen is the Lord's going to come back, and you're going to be ready and say, Lord, I'm ready for you. Lord, I, know, I knew you were coming back, and we're ready. And I believe that there's going to be something that day. I don't know what it's going to be like, but maybe on that day, maybe the hair just stands on the back of your neck. You know, something is going on, you know. Something is happening today. And uh, that'd be a good time to be down there on 10th Avenue East and, and by the graveyard. Because, because just, just when, you, when you see, you start to feel that and you look and the graves are going to be open. See, I've always wondered, is God going to make a big show and throw caskets everywhere, or the body's just going to come out. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Nothing's going to stop that body from coming out. Even if, if a body has decomposed, even if, if there was a Christian that died in the Sahara Desert, their bones were bleached, and, and the molecules went to the four flung corners of the earth. God knows how to bring all those molecules back together, bring that body together, and the, shoop, the Spirit's going to, oh, I feel something on me right now. And by the time you get excited about that, you feel, oh, uh-oh, I feel something on me right now. In the twinkling of an eye. 
we're going to be changed. It's not the, not, just, just blink your eye once. That's how quick you're going to be changed. That doesn't mean you're going to stand before the Lord that quick, but that's how quick your body's going to be changed. And the Bible says we're going to have a body like unto his glorious body, a body that cannot age, hallelujah, a body that will not have wrinkles, hallelujah, a body that will not have weight problems, hallelujah, (laughs) that will not be tired. I mean, what's most people's conversations? What's most people's conversations? I don't care if it's why people didn't come to church or what it was. Just so tired and just so busy. Busy and tired. Well, that just shows that we don't have the right priorities sometimes. Amen. I heard a minister say that. He said, the Lord spoke to him and said, if you don't have plenty of time to do what I told you to do, it's because you're wasting time. Ouch. Amen. But not us. We're going to be about the master's business and we're going to be full. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Lord, for filling us to overflowing. Lord, I thank you for every vessel today. I thank you, Lord, for the oil. That, Lord, there's more than enough. Lord, I thank you for, the, for your word that says we are to be filled and to overflowing. Thank you for it, Lord. We worship you. We magnify you.